You're listening to a Sunday service podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We're a faith community committed to racial justice, a place where we practice a deep and authentic welcome, where we listen deeply to where love is calling us next, and a place where with humility, courage, and compassion, we act for justice in the world. To learn more, please visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org. So friends, it is good to be together this Sunday, and it is good to be together on this special Sunday. Today, you, the congregation of First Universalist Church, will ordain Arif Mamdani. The power to ordain a minister rests with you, beloved congregation. It is not a power that comes from a higher ecclesiastical authority or a sacred scripture. In our tradition, it is the congregation that is empowered to ordain a minister. And in doing that today, in ordaining Arif Mamdani, you affirm his integrity, his care, his discipline, his spiritual life, his courage, and you name Arif as minister, recognizing his unique commitment to the vocation of ministry, to his calling in the world. Today, in this act of ordination, you bless the thing that Arif cannot say no to, the calling to help create beloved community the calling to invite people across borders and boundaries into new life, the calling to help create more love in the world. So this is no ordinary worship service this morning. Today, you congregation will place the mantle of ministry upon Arif's shoulders and spirit willing, you will be reminded as well of your own deepest callings and commitments. On behalf of Arif and all of us, I wanna thank Ginny Mackinich and Janet Mills for their help and planning for Reef's ordination and some of the graphic design. So welcome once again. Welcome once again. I'm so glad to be with you all on this very special Sunday as we ordain Arif Mamdani. Good morning, my friends. You will have to excuse me. I'm feeling a little bit frazzled this morning. I am making a friendship bracelet and it's kind of urgent. Um, It's kind of like an emergency friendship bracelet. So I have to work on it right now um, while I'm talking to you. Um, And I'll get more into that later. But first, I wanna say uh, we are celebrating the ordination of our very own Arif Mamdani. I am so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be a part of it. So it got me thinking about last week in Arif's sermon, he told us a story about a friend that he's been making, a friendship he's been forming, and a new thing that he learned about that new friend. And that was that they were both children of immigrants. And when he learned this new thing about his new friend, he saw his friend in a new way and developed a new kind of trust and intimacy with this friend. So that got me thinking about my own friends and how those friendships were formed, what values we share, what things we have in common, how we even became friends in the first place. And then that got me thinking about my friendships in general. Like, why do we even need friends? Why do we need relationships with people that aren't our coworkers or our classmates or our family members? And then that got me thinking about all of you. And when we gather in our congregation in whatever groups we gather in, often we'll refer to each other as friends. Why do we do that? When some of us have never even met before, how can we all be friends? So then that got me thinking about our church in general. A lot of times we talk about how we're all on our own journeys and we're all different and we're all good and whole just the way we are. So then what do we even need church for anyhow? (sighs) Well, this isn't my ordination, so I won't claim to be an expert on these matters, but I do have a theory. I think that friends help us be the best version of ourselves. I think that friends want what's best for us, they see the good in us, 
and they hype us up all the way there. I think that friends are people that know us without masks or codes. I think friends represent the world around us. They remind us that there is a world outside of us. A good friend of mine once said, friends are the people that we practice life with. And sometimes, well, especially these days, it can be really hard to make friends. Some of us might have a lot of friends. Some of us might have a few friends. If you feel like you don't have any friends at all, I hope that you're not done looking yet. And I know for a fact that there are lots of people, kids and grown-ups in our congregation who would love to make a new friend right now. And friends, that is why we need church. Because even though we are good and whole and all of that all on our own, it doesn't mean we don't still need each other. It doesn't mean that we don't still need to be seen by each other and share moments of time and mark time together. It doesn't mean that we don't still need people untied from our families and from our formal obligations who can look at us and say, hey, I see you. I think you're great. So when I say to my friends here at church that you're my friends, whether we've been formally introduced or not, what I'm saying is, hey, I see you. I think you're great. Let's practice life together. So all of that got me thinking about who all my friends are. And then I realized, oh my goodness, Arif is my friend. And it's his ordination day today. This is a really big deal. This means he is a no questions asked, capital R-E-V period minister. Very big deal. I have to make a gift for my friend on this very special day. So I'm making this friendship bracelet for a reef to give to him at the end of the service, which means that I have to finish it before the service is over. So if you'll excuse me, I have to make my way. But in the meantime, you can enjoy a musical offering from Amy K. Bryant and Franco Holder, Gather the Spirit. Gather in 
Dear ones, it is so good to be here with you. So good to be in this sanctuary. For those of you who are familiar with this space, I just want you to know it's both a little chilly and the radiators are making their usual noise. So everything is as usual, except that you are not here. And we are saving a seat for you here and at home. And we're so grateful to be together today. As you've heard today, we're celebrating the ordination of Arif Mamdani. And Arif, you come to the ministry out of a career in nonprofit leadership. For years, you dedicated your life to grassroots community organizing and community transformation. And you jokingly, but I think seriously say, you came to ministry as a midlife crisis. You knew that the transformation of the world was gonna require the transformation of yourself too. You knew that if we were going to change the world, we needed a deep spiritual grounding. And that if we weren't about the work of deconstructing the destructive patterns that have been put in us by our society, if we weren't tearing those down inside of ourselves, we were just gonna replicate them even as we were trying so hard to transform the world. You knew you wanted to lead from the inside out from a place of deep spiritual grounding of your own transformation, that this was the way to the world that we are all dreaming about. And so into ministry you came. And I believe it was some of that spiritual transformation and grounding you were seeking when you joined the Wellspring group that I led in 2012. Now this was a year long small group focused on spiritual deepening and I remember so well when we got to the part where we were learning about the origins of Unitarianism, which is grounded in Christianity. And I was trying to explain to you what the Trinity was and what was different about Unitarianism. And you just kept looking at me as if I was speaking a completely foreign language, like I was making no sense at all. So I, I feel like I explained it probably a dozen times in a dozen different ways what the idea of the Trinity was in Christianity, and you just stared at me with this blank stare of like, and the big deal is what exactly? So I have to say it made me smile a little when a few weeks ago when we were talking about what ministry meant to you, you referred to a particular image that's actually grounded in the teachings of Jesus. So. I'm gonna share a little bit about that today. It just made me smile that we are so open to the variety of traditions, to what will move us, to what will guide and hold us. So this particular image that came to mind for you when we were talking about ordination comes from Howard Thurman's book, Jesus and the Disinherited. So Howard Thurman was born in 1899. He was an African-American scholar and mystic and minister he was founder of the first major interracial, multi multicultural, interdenominational church in the United States, all the way back in 1944. We have so much to learn from him and his work. Now, Howard Thurman was also a civil rights activist, but not in the way of so many of the public figures of the time. You wouldn't necessarily see him out marching or in protests, but he was in so many ways the spiritual backbone of the movement. He was the one writing. He was the one sharing his learnings from teachings he had gathered from around the world. He was the one offering up a very specific theology, one that, as he said, was grounded in what folks needed in this particular moment in time, people who were living with their backs against the wall. So this is where that text comes from, Jesus and the Disinherited. And I like to remember and imagine, too, that Martin Luther King Jr. used to carry three books with him, is what I've been told. Three books, the Bible, the Constitution, and Jesus and the Disinherited. So the image I'm bringing to you comes from that text. And it comes from a story about Jesus and his teachings. You may remember this story for those of you who are familiar with, uh, with Christianity. So in this story, a angry mob has brought a woman forward and they are so mad and they believe they have caught her red-handed in the act of adultery and they are ready to stone her to death right there publicly. Now it happens that Jesus is there too and the angry mob turns to Jesus and they say, tell us what is your judgment on this woman, this woman who has clearly committed this sin? And Jesus pauses 
and there is quiet. And Jesus says, you who among us are without sin, you cast the first stone. And as the story goes, a quiet descended, and one by one, the members of that angry mob skulked away and wandered off. Till then, it was just Jesus, just Jesus and the woman right there together. And Jesus looks at her and says, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? And the woman says, no, no one, Lord. And Jesus replies, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. So that is the story. And in that moment, Howard Thurman says, in that moment between the woman and Jesus, Jesus displayed this extraordinary healing love. He met the woman where she was, Thurman says, and he treated her as if she were already where she now willed to be. In dealing with her, he believed her into the fulfillment of her possibilities. He stirred her confidence into activity. He placed a crown over her head, which for the rest of her life, she would keep trying to grow tall enough to wear. He placed a crown over her head that for the rest of her life, she would try to grow tall enough to wear. This is the love that Thurman is talking about. This image to me, it is the embodiment of Jesus's unconditional love and power there in this story. This idea, this truth that we can in fact believe one another into our possibilities, that our love is that powerful. Now to me, I love this image so much and I believe it resonated for Arif as well because this is the embodiment of universalism holding a crown above one another's heads, saying, I see you exactly as you are. I love you unconditionally exactly as you are. And you've got a little room to grow. It's true for all of us, for each and every one of us, we can be seen and known and loved exactly as we are. And every single one of us has a little room to grow. This is the heart of universalism to me. This is something we can offer to one another, an actual lived embodied experience of how we are together. And Arif, I have seen you do this with our people already. You hold that crown above their heads. You love them exactly as they are and you believe them into the fulfillment of their possibility. I see you do this with our youth, with our small group facilitators, our new members, with our staff, with so many of us. You are loving us into being, loving us into the fulfillment of who we can be as individuals and as a community. You are doing it. That transformation of self that is then transforming the world. You are doing it. And you are teaching us how to do it as well. So today as we gather, we reaffirm our commitment to living into this image of the crown above our heads. And I wanna ask all of you, I imagine you have had an experience in your life where someone has loved you into being more than you thought you could be. Some experience where someone has held that crown above your head. Someone has told you that you matter, that you can be more than you thought you could, that there is something greater for you than this present moment. I want you to bring those memories into your mind and body and heart. Those moments when someone has loved you into being. And I want you to hold on to that for just a moment because those feelings and those experiences are powerful, transformative ones for each and every one of us, for our community to become what it can be. So I want us to hold that feeling in our hearts and our bodies and our spirits, to hold it for ourselves as what we hope to offer each other, what we hope to be able to take in for ourselves. Today, we are holding that crown up above Arif's head, loving him, believing in his fulfillment of his possibilities, and of course saying there's always a little room to grow for each and every one of us. 
But today, I also want us to renew our own experience of that, to know that we are holding that crown above each other's heads for one another, that we are loving you. We are loving each other into being right now, and that each and every one of us has room to grow. So today, we are calling out the good and the God, not only in a reef, but in ourselves and in our world as well. Today, we are calling out the good and the God in each other. And in doing so, we will also call out and call in the good and the God that is possible in our society, in our churches, in our congregations, in our communities. So today, let us feel that power, that power that has been given to us by the experience of unconditional love and a little room to grow. And let us live in to the fulfillment of our possibilities. May it be so, and amen. Good morning, congregants. I'm Brianna French, president of the congregation. In the Unitarian Universalist tradition, the authority to ordain ministers rests fully with individual congregations. We confer a sacred charge upon our ministers, entrusting them with the lifelong task of ministering to this world and its people, both within and beyond our congregation. Today we have the honor of adding another minister to the lineage of clergy that reaches far back in time and far forward into the future. The act of ordination bestows the authority of religious leadership, the title of reverend, and the privilege to wear a stole. Today, the members of First Universalist Church of Minneapolis gathered to ordain Arif Mamdani to the Unitarian Universalist Ministry. Arif, having seen you freely share your gifts as a lay leader in this congregation, recognizing your call to serve, and having received the recommendation of the Ministerial Fellowship Committee of the Unitarian Universalist Association, by the authority of this congregation, we wish to offer you ordination. Are you prepared to receive the mantle of ministry? I am. Will the members of First Universalist Church please rise in body or spirit as you are moved, even if you're at home and we can't see you, to say the words of ordination? We've invited specific members of the congregation to speak the next lines on behalf of the whole congregation. Those of you at home are invited to speak your lines aloud at home. They've been pasted into the chat. By the authority granted in our living tradition, we, the members of First Universalist Church of Minneapolis, joyfully ordain you, Arif Mamdani, into the Unitarian Universalist ministry. We charge you to bring your whole self to your ministry, heart, body, mind, and spirit, to speak the truth with love, to be fully present to joys and sorrows, to live with integrity, and to work to build justice and beloved community. We pledge to support you in the ways that we can throughout your ministry. May you continue to learn, grow, change, and live into this call for the rest of your days. With gratitude and joy, I humbly accept the ministry to which you ordained me. Guided by within us and among us and beyond us. Mindful of the power and the privilege, the responsibilities of ordination, I pledge to minister to the world as it is, that we might turn it toward the world as it could be. I dedicate my ministry to this work and I know that none of us does this alone. I ask for your care, your love, and your support today and in the many days that lie ahead of us. Will all of those here please rise in body or spirit to affirm this ordination? With the glad hearts, we celebrate you and affirm your ordination. 
We will continue to be sources of love and support to you and offer our blessings upon your path. May your ministry nourish you and may it inspire you. Justice and healing for you and for the world. It is my honor to introduce the Reverend Arif Mamdani. My name is the Reverend Sarah Smalley. I am here with the UU Wellspring group that Arif was part of in 2012. Wellspring is a year-long spiritual deepening program where we formed lasting relationships, strengthened our spiritual practices, and were inspired to live out our Unitarian Universalist faith. In a moment, Reverend Arif will have his ordination stole placed around his shoulders. A stole is simply fabric, but there is meaning woven into every fiber. When the stole is placed over his shoulders, Arif will don the mantle of ministry for the first time and feel the sacred, blessed weight of this work. The stole that will be presented to Arif was custom made by Don Carlson Kahn. It is a gift from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. And in this way, his stole is a sacred embrace of our community. The poet William Stafford writes, there's a thread you follow. It goes among things that change, but it doesn't change. People wonder about what you are pursuing. You have to explain about the thread, but it is hard for others to see. While you hold it, you can't get lost. Tragedies happen, people get hurt or die and you suffer and get old, nothing you can do can stop times unfolding. You don't ever let go of the thread. Arif, you never let go of the thread because with this thread, with this thread, you cannot get lost. We now bless this thread, a literal ribbon thread that will be sewn into Arif's stole so that it becomes a part of the fabric of his ministry. This thread is being blessed by your Wellspring Circle, Arif. We are the Wellspring Originals. The six of us, plus Eric and Lucy, who have gone on before, but whose spirit we are carrying in our hearts. Hold on to this thread when you feel alone. Hold on and know we are with you. Blessings, Arif. Arif, this thread is blessed by the youth and families of First Universalist, those you have known and those you have yet to meet, whose lives are enriched and made joyful by your ministry. Hold on to this thread when you need a reminder that the future is already in motion, full of promise and possibilities yet to be revealed. Arif. This thread is blessed by all those who have walked with you on your life journey and supported your unique path into ministry. Hold on to this thread when you don't know which way your path should go and let it be a guide for the next right step. Arif, this thread holds the spirit of all those who have named you exactly as you are whole and holy and worthy, deeply loved. Arif, hold on to this thread whenever you fall into that old familiar trap that makes you think that what you do is what matters. You are so much more than your productivity. Arif, this thread holds the energy and blessings of the elders and ancestors waiting in anticipation for you to call on their wisdom in uncertain times. Hold on to this thread when the world falls apart 
and you need comfort and courage to face the unknown. Arif, there is a thread you follow. It goes among things that change, but it doesn't change. While you hold it, you can't get lost. You don't ever let go of the thread. Blessings on your ministry. Arif, we ask you to kneel. We ask you to kneel because we are here to remind you of this mantle of ministry that is now placed on your shoulders and why we press so hard on your shoulders is because we want you to remember the imprint of this weight. That this weight is something that you carry with your dreams of a better world, of a healed world, of a world that we all dream of and hope for, that you are so committed to bringing into being. We place our hands on your shoulders because you do this dreaming with others. People are here sharing, holding you, placing the crown above you. So I invite now colleagues who are gathered at your screens to either come up in the chancel with us or to put your hand on the screen of your computer and join with us in the laying on of hands. A sacred rite of transmission and care. I now invite the family members who are here in person and also joining us by computer. And now I invite all the members of the First Universalist Church and friends of this community to put your hands on your screens to join us in this act. And now I invite other community leaders and people who are partners with this congregation and with Arif's powerful and transforming ministry to join us as well. And will you pray with me in blessing? Holy One, we know that in the taproot of our tradition, there is a sense of apostolic succession that goes back to Jesus laying hands on Peter. But Jesus was informed by a tradition older than any organization, older than any tradition, informed by the first person to recall a dream and feel compelled to share it. That is the lineage in which Arif stands. That is the mantle that he bears. That is the burden of prayer you let into your life this day, Arif. That sense of a dream you can't forget, a dream that you're compelled to share with others who dream it with you. May yours be a ministry of imagination as together we envision a world in which beloved community has come true. We lay our hands upon you to affirm this ministry which has chosen you. We lay our hands on you aware that you kneel this day, aware of the humility which is the path to power. We pray that yours will be a ministry of transformation and of imagination and of empowerment. 
and an intimate justice which calls us to change ourselves as we change the world. May it be so. Reverend Arif, my dear friend, I have been asked today to offer you the right hand of kinship, or in less gender-inclusive terms, more archaic terms, the right hand of fellowship. The tradition of offering the right hand of kinship from one colleague to another is one of our oldest ecclesiological inheritances. You can trace it all the way back to the Apostle Paul, who describes in his letter to the Galatians that his esteemed brethren looked him over, sized him up, tried to see if what he was out preaching seemed legit, and then offered him their right hands, showing that they held no weapon that they would use against him and welcoming him into the family of shared leadership and faith. The hand that I offer you today was offered to me by the Reverend Meg Riley, which in turn was offered to her by the Reverend Jean Ellen Ryan, and back and back through the generations of ordained ministers through the ages. Today, we Unitarian Universalist ministers continue to offer the right hand of kinship to one another at our ordinations because it's a symbol of our highest aspirations for one another as a community of colleagues. We do it because on the simplest level, ministry can be lonely and we need each other because we need to resist the egotism of believing that any of us can do it alone because we need one another to support and love and buoy each other as we shoulder the mantle of our calling, because we need relationship to keep binding us in loving accountability to one another, to our shared profession and to the calling that we serve. Groucho Marx famously said that he wouldn't wanna join any club that would have him as a member. And if we're being honest, Arif, you and I are perhaps not that different than Mr. Marx. On our worst days, this can look like us being more willing to sit on the sidelines and offer snarky commentary about the communities that we're a part of than claiming our power within them to shape and transform them into clubs we really wanna to belong to. But my friend, we need more of us, more of you on our better days. And so, my dear colleague, I offer this right hand of kinship to you today as a promise that you do not have to be alone as you journey through ministry. On behalf of all of us who are ordained and called to the work of ministry, welcome, we love you. Call on us, reach out, tug on our elbows, blow up our inboxes when you need us. And, but also, you are now a full-fledged, bound and sealed member of this club. Resist the temptation to sit on the sidelines at the back of the room, outside of where the power is and the decisions are made and the culture is shaped. Hold gently to that most sincere, most humble, most generous piece of yourself, that piece that is still awed and moved by the blessing of being called to ministry. Receive this hand of kinship that we offer you, yes, and return it with your own, the gift of your best self, your effort, your heart, your ministry. We are so glad you are here. Welcome. Well, Arif, you done gone and did it. You done gone to become a minister. Now we have to do all of these rituals to make sure that it sticks. <laughs> when I was a kid, we used to say charge when we played. We said charge into the alleys with swords and wands as we ran towards imaginary excitement, imaginary joy and imaginary danger. Today we say charge ahead brother, charge ahead in ministry. But unlike those imaginary situations, you are entering a new reality that requires a few words of choice guidance before you go running into the alley. Arif, 
my colleague, my friend, my co-conspirator, I charge you to hold on to your joy. Hold on to your uncompromising intellect and hold on to that beautiful head of hair you have. <laughs> I charge you to hold on to what leads you to help people feel alive. I charge you to hold on to your tears. Arif, hold on to your depression and your vulnerability because I know that you are afraid sometimes. Do not let fear stop you from doing what you believe you must do or speaking with multiple truths with both clarity and ambiguity. Arif, you are a sober thinker, a thoughtful minister and a sharp dresser. That is a formidable combination. Use it for good. I charge you to be willing to walk into troubled waves of life's waters in order to help heal someone or just to doggy paddle while you keep them company out in the deep end. I charge you to keep moving towards trouble, move towards good trouble and use the unspoken words that need to be said Keep moving towards the broken things and embrace each shard and embrace each timber with tenderness. I also charge you, Arif, to take care in these moments because it is difficult to be the one who names broken things, to be the one who keeps moving towards the pain when everyone else is running in the opposite direction. You already know, Arif, that sometimes you will get hurt, that the cost to yourself can be high. I charge you now to go slowly. Sometimes you may not like this part so much, but I ask you to find your inner turtle, to let things come to you in their own time, which will perhaps be a little bit slower than you will find ideal. There are parts of ministry you cannot make happen by working harder or doing more. You are so very talented and energetic and dedicated and capable, but along with your passion and your energy and skill, you will need patience. Ministry is so often about accumulation, accumulating heartbreak, accumulating longing, accumulating milestones and gifts and grief and joy. So in order to make this work sustainable alongside this accumulation, this piling up of things, we need to practice setting things down. So refine ways to set down these precious stories, to take in cleansing breaths, to begin again and again and to begin anew. So laugh as often as you can. You're going to inspire people Arif, to, that you serve and bring them to points in their life to be braver and bigger than they believe they could be. But you're going to have to go slowly so others sometimes can catch up. So I charge you, my friend, to have a vibrant, enduring relationship with that source of yours. That source which will allow you to remember that you are not God. You and your work are a strand in the web, not the web, nor yet the weaver. That is your task, to be the one who is not made helpless by the awareness of all the hurt in the world who knows where to go for sustenance, who can stand in the presence of oppression and fear and heartache and let it run through you to an ultimate source where it can do absolutely no harm. We have marked you out for service today. Remember to be the servant, not of your desires, but of the holy purposes of love, truth, 
and righteousness. Be assured that however your struggle with your own finitude, the truly important work is not about you. And take joy in the deep wells of shared meeting and growth that is calling of ministry that opens up to you. Thus I charge you on this auspicious day and welcome you into the community of those whose lives are given to the service of the Most High. May the bright promise of this hour be fulfilled in many years of fruitful ministry. Blessed be my brother. What a happy day. You know how it is when two people you love both of them, they find each other and you don't know which one you're happier for. Today, I don't know if I'm happier for Arif Mamdani or for this beloved congregation. It is such an important day. You know, ordinations are often likened to weddings and people might think of this as the day that Arif is marrying his vocation. But I would like to suggest that it's a day when all of us are recommitting ourselves to our purpose, to what we are doing, why we are in this community, why we are on the life journeys we're on. For many of us, I suspect that the excitement of becoming the multicultural congregation that First Universalist is, is part of that purpose, is part of what we care about that multicultural, anti-oppressive, anti-patriarchal congregation, that community among communities that we are joining, that's part of our purpose. And what does it mean for each one of us? We're talking a lot about a reef and what a reef, what a reef is called to be and who a reef needs to be, but I want to invite every member of this congregation to take a moment and recommit to your own purpose. You know, there's a shallow, there's a superficial, it's a small world kind of multiculturalism that doesn't hold when the going gets tough. And I'll say that as congregations transform themselves the way that this congregation has been and continues to do, it's not gonna be beautiful and joyful every minute of the time. It's gonna be hard sometimes. And the way that we get through hard times is that we know why we are committed to doing that hard work. So I invite each and every person here to find your own call, your own commitment to get through the difficulties, to stick with it, to trust the leadership of people of color, of someone younger than you, of someone of another gender than you, Look within your heart to find your purpose and your trust. And if we're all doing that, then together we form a spiritual union that can withstand any of the storms that are going to be blowing us around. May it go well. May all of us be a blessing to one another. And may this ministry be a blessing in this congregation as this congregation blesses this ministry. We come with praise and praise. 
cleansing breath. Friends, when we gather, when we have gathered in the sanctuary in person, we close our services by standing and by reaching a hand to one another. And so I invite you, wherever you are, to do that as you feel moved. And as you reach out, let your body's memory Return, let your body's memory of what it feels like to be around other human beings, to touch another hand, to place a hand on a shoulder. Let your body remember in here that deeper truth, that there is a thread that we follow, a thread of interconnection, a thread of interdependence, that we are even now creating the beloved community that we dream of. May we go there together. May we never let go of the thread. May it be so, and amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We are a welcoming community that finds strength in the diversity of identities of all who find inspiration and comfort here. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Text FIRSTUNIV, that's F-I-R-S-T-U-N-I-V, to 73256 to make your gift. To learn more, visit us online at First Universalist Church dot o-r-g